0: Off the Bulls, League of Ireland podcast. Brought to you by the Boyle Sports app. Cash out and in-play betting available in the App Store and Google Play Store.
1: Now it is time to welcome a man who has helped Finn Harp secure promotion back to the Premier Division At the first time of asking I think for the fourth year in a row They've been up and down so much in recent years But beat Limerick across the uh, two playoff games On Monday and Friday of last weekend A 2-0 victory at the Markets Field the other night With Mark Timlin, our guest, scoring uh, Just before half-time, before Nathan Boyle made it 2-0 A 1-0 victory in the first leg, of course, as well Which took place in front of thousands of fans Paddy McCourt getting his last ever League of Ireland goal And two great games to look back on with Mark Timlin Timo, how are you?
0: Yeah, not too bad, Jimmy.
1: How does it feel to be promoted with Finn Harps?
0: Um, uh, very good. so it was, um, it was a great feeling coming off the pitch. Um, uh, I was delighted to score, and that you know I sort of well, I had a bit of form towards the tail end of the season, and I, at the same time was struggling with an injury. Um, from my own personal side of things, I didn't have like a great season overall. But uh, from the break, I suppose. Uh, as a group we were, you know, uh really hard to beat and we were also playing some good stuff as well. Um but not delighted with the performance and, you know, to get the goal now on Friday. It was a uh, great feeling. Yeah let's
1: first look back on the game on Friday Mark you scored literally on the stroke of half time as well a massive time to score a goal given how the tie was balanced and you guys were, were 1-0 up talk me through the goal and the importance of it as I said just given the exact time in the game that it was because it would have been a massive boost for you guys and a massive kick in the teeth for Limerick
0: Yeah to be fair I was actually raging coming up there because uh, I had a great chance um, I think it was early enough in the game maybe about 10 minutes in um, and I hit the post but yeah um, you know, uh, Nathan Boyle gave me the ball just sort of, uh, they broke from the halfway line and my sort of first reaction was to get it onto my left foot because my right foot is, as most people know, for standing on. And uh, <laughs> But nah I was, uh, yeah, I was delighted. It was a perfect time to score as well. You know, um, you know, I think we'd started the game off well, but at the same time, we were a bit nervy because, you know, with only one goal in it. Um, and to be fair, on Monday night, you know, I wasn't playing in the game, but I was watching it and uh, Limerick were probably, you know, the better side on the night and probably should have felt unlucky to get beat. Um, so, you know, we knew that we probably had to score first down there and uh, was delighted and a perfect time to score as well.
1: Mark, here's a strange question, but
0: if we look across the two games,
1: the attendance is... Over 5,000, there was 2,300 at Finn Harps on Monday and there was over 3,000 estimated in the markets field on Friday as well and those type of crowds of course don't go to First Division games You know, generally although you've played in the Premier with with both Harps I think and Derry and St Pat's so a lot of the players have been used to them as well but did that add any difference to the games and the fact that both teams were trying to use home advantage to their best advantage if that makes sense in front of such big crowds?
0: Um, I'd say we would have probably had a positive influence on the games like you know um, I think the atmosphere and all was brilliant in both games um, and you know to be fair we hadn't we didn't have great crowds all year um, I know attendances probably usually do dwindle a bit when you go down into the uh, first division but uh, no definitely it was a positive getting the two big crowds and I suppose with uh, Friday being Paddy's last game and the Monday night being the last sort of time people would see Paddy playing up around that area as well that's probably attracted you know a, a lot more than might have uh, been at otherwise.
1: yeah of course what a fantastic night for Paddy McCourt to score on his final game at home uh, you know really important goal as well in front of so many fans what's he been like to be around over the last while since you've both been at Finharps you know I interviewed him a few months ago at Abbottstown at, at a, you know an FAI coaches event and was talking about you know his dribbling and his skill and his career at Celtic and his international career and all that sort of stuff as well. He really is you know one of the most fantastic players that's ever played in this league. And you've had the pleasure of sharing a training pitch and a match night pitch with him over the last while.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, like uh, some of the stuff he can do in training and all is ridiculous. Like I know everyone's sort of seen some of the outrageous goals that he scored over the years and that. Um, but like a. What sort of struck most people, I think, was how down there it um, was. You know, you'd sometimes you would forget that how famous that this man was, like, because he was so uh, genuine and like just a normal guy, really. Like, and uh, he was brilliant with younger players and all. You know, there was no airs and graces with Paddy. Like, he's just, you know, a, a top guy, fairness.
1: Yeah, and of course, very sad that he had to limp off injured after just 15 minutes of the second leg on Friday. I'm sure he would have wanted to play longer in the game as well, but I suppose the ultimate outcome was that you guys did get promoted and he played a major part in that. Across the players, Mark, that you've played with and trained with across your, your League of Ireland career and your football career, how does he compare to others? How good is he and what's he actually like in training? I would assume in the small side of games and the 2v2s and the crossing and finishing, he's actually unplayable.
0: Yeah, so well, sure there's some of the goalkeepers probably that have been there this year and last wouldn't want to hear about it but you know he's sort of been uh, a bit of a nightmare for them for chipping them and scoring from the halfway line and stuff like that it's, uh, some of the stuff he has been doing in training is ridiculous Like he's, some, uh, most of the time you can't get the ball off him Um, uh, I don't know really how to explain some of the times it goes past you and I think there's a few embarrassing upmakes throughout the year as well so, and I think I was on the end of a couple as well so I won't be dishing out too much grief.
1: Yeah, he's been so, so good and we wishing the best luck now in his new role as the head of youth development for Derry City as well and I'm sure if he could still put the boots on he would, but he's now trying to focus on the rest of his career away from being a player and now working in the coaching side of the game as well. Mark, if we look at the history of Finn Harps over the last number of years and I know you've not been there all the time, you've been at other clubs but the club have been in the Premier, relegated, in the Premier, relegated, in the Premier, relegated, back up again. It's been a real yo-yo period, but. I suppose it's been interesting the way that, you know, when you're in the Premier Division, it, there have been years of struggle, yet when you're in the First Division, you're competing at the top and you're trying to compete at the top to get back to the level where you know it's going to be a toughie. So it's been an interesting few years, really, in, in terms of that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think, you know, going forward, it's probably, I think Ollie might have touched on it as well after the game and that, and over the last couple of days in the media up here. But, like, it's probably about time that... You know, it's the only senior soccer club in Donegal, and for such a massive county as well, like you'd really sort of hope that you know everyone gets behind them at this stage, and sort of you know it, they need investors and people to try and sort of make the club more sustainable in the Premier Division. Um, I mean, it's it's too big of a county not to have a Premier Division soccer club, like, and uh, hopefully that people can sort of see that as well and get behind the club, um, like like you were saying earlier about the crowds and that in the last game or whatever, but like them kind of, kind of crowd should be there all the time. Really? Like you think about, uh, at a, like you can get 15, 20, thousand at a Donegal GAA game and by Buffet, And then you're talking about, like the biggest football team in Donegal, getting that 2,000 at a game and saying that it's a good crowd. Um, you know, you really should be trying to make the club more sustainable in
1: that sense. Yeah, and I think as well, you know, on the point on the crowds, it's even you know, you can see it in the Premier League with the likes of Cork. You know, when they're they're really competing, they've got great crowds. When they're they dropped off a little, but their crowds drop off. The same with Bowles, the same with Shamrock Rovers, same with Pats and, and Derry. I've seen it a lot this season as well. So I think you know the people do jump on when the team is doing well. What do you feel the main kind of things are that, you, as you said, to try to make the club more sustainable? The new stadium is coming down the road as well, but to try and stay up and not have another season in a 10-team in league as well of oh we're under pressure for 10th or 9th and we're back down again and trying to have to have to, to jump on even in terms of trying to retain players and that sort of stuff as well if you can stay up for a couple of years it just gives you a much better chance to do that
0: Yeah definitely no it is important this this next year now is massive for the club I suppose like you say and if we were if the club was to go back down again um, am sure that they would find the same struggle again with the crowds dropping off but um, hopefully the club can stay up again next year and um, sort of keep the majority of the players that were there this season. Because to be honest, like um, when like, from June, I think it was before the break we played UCD uh, in Finn Park, and that was the last team that beat us apart from Dundalk in the FA Cup. Like, and that's a serious run in fairness. And you no, know, at that time we would have probably fancied us chances playing against any of the you know the bottom half teams in the Premier Division so it's important that you know the club holds on to the majority of the squad and then can obviously add a few quality players as well to ensure that they stay up next year
1: Mark talk to me about the influence of the manager Ollie Horgan and he took over at the end of 2013 for the 2014 season. So he's actually gone into his sixth season now in charge of Finn Harps. And I'm just trying to work it out in my head. I don't have the stats in front of me. But I think apart from Stephen Kenny and John Caulfield as well, there's no one else that's been at a club for that length of time. It's possible Oli has been there even longer as well. And, you know, at times he has his critics and at times he gets sent off and gets bans... He's been fantastic with his time for us here on the Off The Ball League of Ireland podcast. I love his interviews. He's so honest and, you know, he's such a character. And He's clearly a very good football manager too. What sort of role has he played in this success for you guys this season and what sort of a manager is he?
0: Um, uh, he's a brilliant manager in fairness. Uh, him and Paul Higarty, you know, they seem to work really well together. Um, I think the majority of people that ever speak about them is they sort of mention how honest and hardworking they are. You know, they... Travel the length of the country, watching games, and um, you know they don't. I don't think they <laughs> they let us take the foot off the gas once in the, the last couple of months. Anyways, um, they demand the best out of you, and you know you wouldn't get away with not working hard. And in fairness, that's probably something that I needed the last year and a half. You know to just concentrate on working hard. And the um, yeah, in fairness, now I really enjoyed playing a little.
1: Yeah I just worked it out actually there uh, Stephen Kenny took over Dundalk at the same time and John Caulfield and, and Ollie Horgan so obviously he's been there a very very long time and he'll lead the club back to the Premier League again Mark last couple of questions how have the last couple of days been of celebrations I know uh, I was trying to get your number via DMs on Instagram and I wasn't sure if you were still on your old number when you lived in Dublin playing with St Pat's, and so on you were saying listen I'm out for a couple of points. we'll chat in a couple of days how have the, the celebrations been? we were just talking to Sean Gannon there he was saying the uh, Dundalk ones were fairly epic and I know you guys had a couple of good nights out as well.
0: Yeah definitely. No, um, I hadn't actually had a drink in a couple of months like so. Uh, and I was dosed up with painkillers so after the game on Friday uh, it didn't last too long. I think I met Patty and a few others on Saturday and they informed me that I was sleeping for most of the night but I didn't I actually thought I was up. But, uh, no, it's been a good couple of days celebrating and uh, I think a couple of lads are probably still at it, but some of us have jobs and stuff like that, so can't go too hard at
1: it. Yeah, we're chatting on a Tuesday evening as well. So, uh, Mark Tillman, asleep like asleep in the nightclub, asleep in the pub, and are, are, are the antibiotics <laughs> to blame? I must say, I went out a couple of weeks ago, actually in Dundalk, and uh, same thing. I was on antibiotics for chest infection, had a couple of points, and fent- felt just like I was about to actually collapse and never yeah. wake up again.
0: <laughs> oh, it was a bit of a disaster in fairness. I won't go too far on it, but it was the bus. Yeah, we we're like we we stopped off in a pub in Limerick just before we left, and I think, well, according to reports, I know is I was asleep for most of the journey home, so uh, <laughs> it didn't last too
1: You know, I asked that question without thinking that you guys had to travel from Limerick back to Finn Harps, back to Donegal to party, so like how long was that trip I'm sure there were beers on the bus and a couple of stop offs but did you guys actually go out once you got back or did you <laughs> wait until wait until the next night
0: in fairness we I don't think anywhere would have stayed open at that time I, I'm pretty sure I got into my house at something like 6 in the morning wow yeah like we're coming another hour past or further past by de Faye from there like so it was a long enough journey But <laughs> like I said
1: I was for most of it Wow uh, Mark on a serious note How have you guys handled the travel And I know you're from That, that area of the country So you know yeah. it's, not, it's not new to you But if you're a club in Dublin For example this season I think you're going to have Five clubs in Dublin You're going to have Obviously Bohemians St. Pats Shamrock Rovers You're going to have UCD um, I'm sure I'm missing one um, And you know If you're in Dublin You're kind of in the middle Of the country So there's a little bit of Less travel involved Whereas yeah. when you're playing for for Finn Harps or Derry or Cove, it's long trips all the time and Harps don't have the budget to put you guys in hotels for the, the longest trips, although I think you may have stayed when going to Cove. But seriously, like, they're long, long trips in the, yeah. in, the, in the build-in to the match and then when your adrenaline is totally gone, you've got to go all the way home again.
0: I know, yeah. No, in fairness, it is hard at times, you know. Some people, some people actually enjoy the, the travelling and that and it's to get out of the house, but... um. Uh, in fairness, I wouldn't be a big fan of the bus journeys or anything like that. and uh, It is hard being up here, but sure. Well, there's nothing you can really do about it, in fairness. It's obviously a bit of a an advantage if you're better located, but um, no, I think, in fairness, it'll be what's that now? If we play in the Premier Division now, we'll have Derry, a bit of closer one, Slago, but um, yeah, in fairness, we have a lot of travelling to do this year.
1: And is it like just everyone you know with their headphones and their iPads and thankfully now with Netflix you can, you can pre-buffer or download episodes and listen to some music does anyone play cards is there you know it just especially when you're doing it nearly almost every second week as well it must become very monotonous
0: Yeah in fairness it is but um, nah some of the boys play cards and that as well yeah but I'd be more of a music person maybe try and sleep but I wouldn't be much crack on a bus in fairness unless it was on the way home
1: Of course surprise surprise you're probably asleep <laughs>
0: uh, well, <laughs> sometimes, yeah.
1: Mark, just on a final note you mentioned there that some of you have work and you can't continue to party and I know across your career a couple of times you, you've you been full-time as a full-time footballer and yeah. you're know you you you're now working as well what job are you doing and I, I suppose how do you find that balance of, of having been full-time I think when you played for Derry how many you played for St Pats and then you went back to Derry for a bit then going to Finn Harps who were part-time and maybe having to get a job to Supplement your income but also to keep your time filled.
0: Yeah. Uh, in fairness like um I was always one for uh thinking out, outside of football and past that and i always wanted to sort of start something up, but you know, when you're actually in that moment and you're in playing full time it's hard to motivate yourself after training or whatever to go and do something about it. Um it's easier to sort of talk about. It. But you know, once I uh went back today from past I uh, really made an effort in getting sorted, and I've been in uh, an accounting firm in Bunkranath for the last two years, and I'm currently doing exams and stuff like that. And in, in fairness, uh, they're really good with me in terms of uh, flexibility and that, with um, you know away games and stuff like that, that they'd work around me. And I know a lot of the boys wouldn't have that same luxury, um, but in fairness, everything uh, is set up for me at the minute
1: well of course it'd have to be flexible with the amount of uh, time you had to spend travelling as you spoke about as well Mark Timlin appreciate your time thanks a million congrats on the promotion enjoy the rest of the party now that the uh, antibiotics are gone and enjoy the off season we'll chat to you in 2019
0: cheers thanks Jimmy Off The Balls League of Ireland podcast (laughs) brought to you by the Boyle Sports app cash out and in play betting available in the App Store and Google Play Store